Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evie. I am excited you are listening today. This show inspires and empowers you to take the next step towards a life you can't stop thinking about. I am bringing in people from all over the world with authentic and inspiring stories. People who change their lives from good to better, from miserable to great, turned strategy into hope and became successful entrepreneurs and business owners, living their dream life on their own terms. Grab your favorite note-taking device, lean back and get inspired. I believe that everything you need to create the life of your dreams is already within you. Today, dear listener, I am staying in Europe and I'm connecting to Italy, to Angela. She's a writer and she coaches Italian and German professionals to build confidence in speaking English and helps business owners build their brand story. Angela, thank you so much for hopping on this conversation with me. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I'm Angela. I am now permanently based in Italy. Um, I've just bought a big renovation farmhouse about three weeks ago. So I'm just getting to work on renovating the house. But at the same time, I write every day and I use my writing skills to work with clients as well to build their brands. Yeah, I live here with my boyfriend and my dog and I'm in the mountains and it's delightful. Yeah. I can only imagine how amazing it is to live in the Italian mountains. We might get to this farmhouse you just recently bought a little later. But first, I would like to ask you, have you always been a writer? And if not, what did get you into writing and the business, how you are running today? Yeah. So... I have not always worked as a writer, but I have always used writing ever since I was five years old. I think journaling, keeping a diary has been a part of my life forever. And it's a way of working through my emotions, figuring out what's going on in the world. Um, so I was a social worker. I have a background in social work from the UK. And it was after working for years in prison and finding it incredibly difficult that I, looking back now, I probably burnt out. And that's when I left the UK, when I was 28 years old, left working in social care and moved to the mountains, first to France, and then all around Europe. And in that time, I just kept writing and kept writing. And from that, I somehow wrote a book and got it published and got an agent and got a publishing deal. And realized that it was something that just I love doing it's something I do every day it's the thing I come back to and it makes me happy and I'm very good at it um, and it's the one thing I don't feel shy about saying I'm good at as well so so for the business side of things yeah I do lots of English teaching but English confidence coaching um, and my knowledge of the English language really, really helps with that. And I also work with a very, very small portfolio of clients who are probably successful in their business or building the success of their business, but they have not had the time to start to develop their online content in a way that really reflects their values, who they are, why they're doing what they're doing. Um, so I don't focus on kind of the social media side of things, but I help businesses 
with their more like long form content, their newsletter posts, their about me parts of their website or their online courses and really, really help get their personality through with language. I do that from home, which has been all over Europe, but now is this kind of permanent base. And I do it. I have to give myself now a scheduled weekend day off because my boyfriend told me I have to I have to not just focus on work every day. And I work the hours that suit me, which are very late at night, usually very early in the mornings. And it is going really well. That's that's nice to hear. I'm so happy for you. And I'm happy that you were able to make the step back then when you felt unhappy in the UK in your job that you've been doing. And was that always planned that after you leave your normal job and you go to the mountains, you will become a writer? Now fast forward, right? If I can just if I just um put this down in, in a short sentence, or Is this something that came to your mind during your break? No, not at all. I, When I left the UK, I thought I would just go for six months. I wanted to go and live in the mountains and ski for six months. And then I always imagined I'd go back and go back into social work. I never, ever thought that my life would see me staying out here for this long or that being a writer would be the job. Um, it feels like something that happened really by accident. And I could never, I, I mean, I had that kind of bucket list goal of write a book before you're 30 or that bucket list goal of, of you know, live with a beautiful view and sit and write poetry every day. I was that kind of child, but I didn't ever actually think it was possible, no. Oh, You never thought that dream you've been carrying within you for a long time. I think this is a dream that lots of girls carry within them. I think when you mentioned diary, writing a diary, I was I was thrown back to my, you know, to my childhood. I was like, oh my God, I've been writing that too. Today I'm a person more like, you know, I like more talking. I leave the, the writing part to writers like you are. <laughs> so looking at that, when you actually found out that you do not belong to the UK anymore, that you do not want to go to the to your actual job and you're gonna, you know, become a professional writer. Was that easy? Was that something you said, yeah, hell yeah, I'm gonna do this? Or was there any obstacle you had to first overcome in order to feel secure in your doings? I Oh, there was definitely lots of obstacles. It wasn't a decision that was easy. Um, I think one of the obstacles is imposter syndrome. Um, the obstacle was my ability to call myself a writer. I didn't, even after I could see my book in, you know, real bookshops, um, I felt really uncomfortable calling myself a writer mm -hmm. because I felt like people from my background don't, do things like that. Um, there was the fear of financial insecurity. I think working for a company can feel a lot more secure. You know, you might not be earning as much money as you could if you went and set up your own business, but it's regular and you know what's coming in and what's going out. And I had a real fear of 
not having money. Um, that really scared me. I suppose the pandemic really, for me, was something that showed me that the security you get from real jobs or like office jobs or working for someone else, I shouldn't call them real jobs, should I? Um, but this but, is what we are taught, Angela. <laughs> yeah, I've said wrong. it, haven't I? Um, it's so true. Um, but the pandemic showed that nothing is secure, nothing is guaranteed. Um, and if you don't go and do the things that you want to do now, like you never will. And and I suppose I got around that. I kind of gave myself 12 months. I was like, 12 months, go and work on these goals. If it doesn't work, you can always go back and work for someone else. That's okay. I have an incredibly supportive boyfriend who wanted to encourage me to try that and do that so that was a huge help it's not like I did that on my own and felt brave enough on my own I had to have one person in my life telling me I wasn't insane and I suppose it's just the realization that I cannot do something else this is this is what fills me with joy this is what even when it's hard it's the thing I want to be working hard at in a way that nothing else ever really has for me. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. I just recently, not recently, today recorded an episode on how I realized that how much I actually like working now, where when I was in the corporate world, I used to be a person complaining about every extra minute I had to make about every extra step that I had to make that was not paid. And I was just complaining, of course, on a high level, but I wasn't satisfied with what I was doing. And I was looking for solutions and changing jobs and whatever it was. And once I started working for myself, things shifted. Things mm -hmm. have changed. And I found myself working a lot, mm -hmm. especially in the beginning. And then I was still you know, having the feeling of having to justify to people why I work so much, you know, so it shifted completely. And because mm -hmm. the people knew me as a complaining person, not wanting to work, I made this huge shift. So I had to, I felt like explaining myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. And just this realization that eventually, once you really find something you're passionate about, time doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, time just flies by and you will be, as you'd say, filled with joy by the end of the day and this is something that this realization like when this kicked in I was like yeah this is the way you should be walking like this is your path and what I like what you mentioned earlier is because you've been speaking about the real job or not the real job you said one obstacle was the imposter syndrome you had to overcome because nobody in your family is doing anything similar like you how was the reaction of your family or your closest surroundings, right? When you said, okay, guys, I'm leaving my, let's say, real job. Mm -hmm. I'm going to the mountains. And then later when you say, okay, I'm not coming back. I'm going to write. I think with my close family, it was okay. So with my mom and my sister, because my sister's gone off and lived in America. My mom's like brought us up to be super, super independent women, Um which makes it really sad sometimes because we're not back up in Manchester. I think with kind of the wider circle of people around me, they assumed I'd be back and they thought this was another one of Angela's crazy projects, which I'm kind of known for doing um, big, silly things um, and changing my life in, in big ways. 
And they just kind of assumed it was another one of those things that may not stick, that might last for a few months, but then I would go back to normal or go back to doing what I was doing. But yeah, I think as the years kind of ticked by and people realised that my visits back to the UK became less and less. And now that I've bought a house out here, I think everyone's kind of finally accepted like, okay, she's doing all right. And But I do think it challenges people to look at their own lives a little bit sometimes because it's not just the job that I love. It's not just writing for clients, writing my own books. It's not that that I'm super passionate about on its own. It's that it affords me a lifestyle where I can go to another country for six months and work from there, or I can go on a working holiday. So last year we went to Morocco for a month. We surfed in the day. I worked at night. And I think that from the outside, it all looks really, really perfect. And what they don't see perhaps is those, like you said, those late nights of working, the effort that goes into it, or like the homesickness or the loneliness that comes with that. But still, that's a trade-off that I think is worth it because to be able to be in the mountains or to be able to go surfing while still doing a job I love is just the best feeling in the world. Yeah, it's pure luxury if you can create that. Like I've made an experience recently. I mean, I'm living abroad since five years. I've been traveling Southeast Asia recently. So it is quite a... You know, quite a thing when you realize like, oh my God, is this really my life? Sometimes I really have to pinch myself and be like, whoa, this is you. It feels right. Like, yeah, right. You you are right there. It is not a dream and it's not just not a bubble that's going to, you know, uh, pop at any time. I totally get that. Because you, you mentioned that people thought that this is yet another big project Angela is taking on and it may not stick. Yeah. Was there anything else bigger you started and perhaps didn't finish or on your exploration journey? Was there something worth mentioning that made you the person you are today? I think with the projects that really spring to mind, they were always, when I worked in the, in the normal nine to five world, um, the projects were always not work-based. So I trained and did an Ironman triathlon. I cycled, land sent, John O'Groats. I did these big sporting things that took six months of real intense focus and effort because I had this energy inside me that needed to give intense focus and effort to something and to burn off physical energy. Those are the kind of projects I have in mind when I think of that. It's not necessarily that I failed at them, but it's they were always time limited. Like there was a goal at the end. So in six months, I will do this triathlon. In six months, I will do this sporting event. And then afterwards, I had to go and find something new to to do with my time because I wasn't satisfied in my life in general. So you were kind of on this search of what's going to make me happy, or mm-hmm. just level up your life in different ways. If the job doesn't do it, then some people tend to travel a lot. Some people go spend a lot of money, not knowing for what they're actually spending it. And some people do triathlons. I think this is, uh, it, I think it does add to our character. However, it does shape the character you became today. I can only imagine that because 
whoever has yeah participated in a triathlon knows what it means <laughs> and those who didn't yet know why they didn't so i can only imagine it does add to the character you are today you earlier mentioned angela that you have adhd and mm-hmm. that now you're in a space where you came to accept yes that you were diagnosed with ADHD. Is this something that you can say that has shaped your decisions that brought you to, first of all, doing, running the business you are running and perhaps even living abroad? Yeah, I think, I think it shaped everything I have done and who I am. So I was told when I was 18 that I probably got ADHD um, and it seemed quite likely and I knew that. And I've gone through my whole adult life with that in the back of my mind, not ever thinking there's anything I can do about it or it's just who I am. And it was only last year I got formally diagnosed and this realization and this reflection on my past of, oh, doing those big six months Ironman triathlon projects, that was me trying to create structure and routine in my life for myself or trying to use my energy and And the inability to be able to do a job I wasn't fully passionate about, like it burns me to think that people are in jobs that they don't care about because I I cannot do that. And I think these things come from my ADHD. I think they, they allow me and help me to make very impulsive decisions like moving countries, um, like, you know, kind of blowing up my life and moving abroad. But I think the blowing up my life has actually, thankfully for me, paid off. It's led to the place where I am now. And I think it gives me a lens to see the world in a different way. Like the world doesn't have to be how we're told it has to be. Our lives don't have to be how we're told they have to be. I can kind of get a bit more creative and think, well, I want to live in the mountains. That makes me way happier. So how do I achieve that instead of just going down the path of, okay, you you go to university, you get a job, you get married, you get a house, that's what you do. I think it's allowed me to question things a little bit more and ultimately led to a place of happiness, but with lots, a place of contentment, which I think is more important, um, but not without lots of kind of struggles on the way and imposter syndrome on the way and not liking myself a lot along the way. I think finally accepting who I am with ADHD and what that means for me has been possible in the past year Mm -hmm. or two for me. Mm -hmm. I get that. I think acceptance and contentment, like knowing really who we are and why we act the way we act, right? What we do the way, why we do it. Why don't we fit in a certain, you know, in a certain frame that we were put which is okay, I think, because we are raised, you know, all our parents only want the best for us. And it's not like we can blame society either for that. I think it's just like along the way, when you get to know yourself, like I did, I just recently, a year ago, discovered that I'm actually highly sensitive. And it does explain why I was running home from work, wanting to be in my room, just, you know, just sit in the corner for an hour and be left alone. But all my friends, my colleagues were going out for drinks, but I was done by the end of the day. I was not made for big 
rooms for offices, right? Mm -hmm. Where 50 people sit at the same time and trying, you know, to work or have a conversation or chit chat or have coffee breaks, whatever that was, was just too much for me. So realizing that and being able to, luckily I started shaping my life to my liking and how it would work for me better earlier. But now reflecting just as you do now on the HDHD diagnosis, it's like, yes, it totally makes sense to me why I was like that. And once you've discovered that, and it doesn't need to always be a diagnosis, it can only just be your personal preferences, right? And once you discover that and be like, my goodness, and now if I could just take meaningful action steps that will bring me to the life where I want to be, you are a winner. Do you agree with me? Absolutely. And it's not it's not about a diagnosis or a label at all. I think it's about that was kind of the vehicle that allowed me to understand and know myself better. Actually, it makes me kind of like really proud of myself past me who struggled a little bit through life with ADHD that I actually was putting in place these coping strategies to make my life designed to bring out the best in me already, like like working from home and working for myself and and like being close to nature because that's super important for me and my mental health. I actually was doing all these things already. So the natural talents and the things I liked and was good at could flourish. And now that I can see that even more so, I design my life to bring out the best in me. And it's, Mm -hmm. yeah. I get that. I get that. So you mentioned one thing was to overcome imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Anything else worth mentioning that you had to overcome in order to build a life that really works for you? I think a real fear of the unknown. And Mm -hmm. at the start, I think maybe this was just me, but maybe people will relate that you have your new business idea and it's super exciting and you are so into it and you know it can be a success and then maybe like a month in or two months in or six months in you realize all the things you don't know or you have no idea how to do Um, and suddenly when you know all the things you don't know then it becomes terrifying I think it's at that stage where usually it's kind of going from being a bit of a side hustle. It's at that stage where that's when you're ready to jump in two feet first. But it's very easy to pull back at that stage and go, no, this is too much. This is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of trying to figure out how how to get over that hurdle when you've done the really fun, exciting brainstorming part and you realize all the difficult bits how do you keep moving forward and how do you not let that let that overwhelm you I think could have really tripped me up and just stopped me and pulled me back and made me kind of run back to the security of working for an organization again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand I think lots of people can relate to this I think it's very natural to us to humanity to You know, when things get uncomfortable and uncertainty is pretty much uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. That our brain just tends to say like, no, you don't do this. Like our brain is not made to let us tree if it's made to protect us. It's made to, you know, to keep us alive. 
yeah, I think many, many people just start automatically without having the background understanding playing small and be like, no, no, after all not, maybe. You know, I've been doing it, as you say, as a side hustle, but great. But now making the next step, no, I, I won't. Perhaps, you know, I will fail. I will not make it all the way. But then I like to remind people, like, you've come that far. You've learned so much. And these journeys are never ending like this entire learning journey and i think once you know how to embrace that once you know how to actually teach yourself to not to be scared of learning something new yes then this is where you can start moving forward like actually quicker and i'm very thankful you you mentioned that because this is first of all all this what this podcast is about to encourage people to Make that move, no matter what, start a mm-hmm. side hustle, make that jump, go abroad, just try things out. And dear listener, if you think that Angela's story could encourage anybody to make that step, please don't be shy and share this with your friends or just, you know, maybe re-listen and take those nuggets for you. Take this motivation, take those bits and pieces that are meaningful to you and take those actions and build up upon it. We are here to encourage you to have this wonderful life you just can't stop dreaming about. And Angela, I just want to ask you as well that you said you've been traveling all over Europe and you've been in France. And I mean, lots of people build their businesses so they can finally travel. They can be all over the place. What made you settle again? Yeah, so um, so it's been France, where's it been? France, Austria, Slovenia, Italy, um, over the past like six years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's somewhere else, but I can't remember. Maybe, sorry, Norway as well. I've been there for a bit. It was the feeling, you know what it probably was? It was the starting to really be comfortable within myself. I think before then I was start I was looking externally for a place or an achievement to make me feel comfortable and I think actually this real like getting comfortable with myself getting to know myself meant I didn't have to try and like run away from myself anymore mm-hmm. um I I could be really comfortable in my own skin which made me feel comfortable in a place as well yeah it's not like I picked an easy option again I've done one of my big stupid projects where we picked this huge huge collapsing farmhouse to renovate so that also makes it nicer because it doesn't make it it doesn't make it feel like oh you're being trapped by committing to one place I don't feel like stuck here I feel like this is just a really another big exciting adventure and maybe the style of property we picked does that for me as well wow it makes it makes sense to me it makes sense to whatever you like what all you said it's just like yeah you feel comfortable within yourself and I have I had that feeling too when I was moving to Greece that I can't really tell you now looking back why I was running away or what from I was running away Mm -hmm. I knew that I was following my dream like that I was thinking over a decade to move to the sea and I finally got that opportunity and I finally took it like it has been forever where I was thinking about that 
but I was still running away from something. When I arrived here, I wasn't any happier, despite the fact that I was living by the sea. So I had to dig deeper here and to actually see because all the, you know, all the problems I was carrying on my shoulders, they just came with me. Like I took, like, I didn't pay for them on the plane. <laughs> like those kilos were been always Extra baggage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was here. So I had to get rid of that as well first to actually see clear and to enjoy the sea as well, because it's not always about just seeking places all the time and seeking newness and adventures if they, yeah, after all, don't make you happy. So yeah. I'm wishing you all the best with your farmhouse and I can't wait to see it when it's when it's ready. Yeah. And my last question to round up this lovely conversation. What do people misunderstand the most about you? Oh gosh. Oh, that's a really, really tough question. Um I I think there's probably the misunderstanding of the hours and hours of late nights and hard work that goes into the things that I set my mind to and I remember this when I used to do really big sporting things that no one kind of sees the 5am training sessions at the gym and no one sees you know the ice baths you have to take or with my writing career, when when I'm writing to a deadline and I'm up till six in the morning, four nights in a row. And I suppose it's that, it's that it doesn't come easy. It's not easy at all. And it takes a lot of work and effort to, to claw towards building the life you want. So perhaps I'd hope that people understood that more because when for themselves it gets tough and it feels tough, that's not because you're doing anything wrong. It's not because you're failing or it's not because you're not good enough. It's because it is just tough. But I really like the kind of the slogan that you have to pick which toughness you want to face down or you have to you have to choose which kind of suffering you're willing to do. And for me, like it doesn't feel like suffering when it's when it's these kind of struggles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very long-winded answer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. No, I can tell you nobody answers this question shortly because this is something very personal. And that's why I'm asking it because the answers are pretty much unique. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. Like you need to choose what you are suffering for. This is what people say. However, it doesn't always feel like that. And people misunderstand that because... Like nobody, it's difficult to put yourself into somebody else's shoes if you are not living that life. So I will say thank you for this incredibly beautiful conversation. And thank you for bringing value to this show and inspiring us. Well, thank you. Hey, do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing, transcript editing and recording program automatically detects errors, arms and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky part of reel and video editing and adds much value to my work as a coach and creator. You can try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edits.